0: I want to begin introducing uh, what we plan for the next few weeks. Um, This is our vision campaign uh, for 2021 that we are beginning today. And you know, you might be thinking, oh, well, I wanted to hear some more, you know, about healing or something else. Well, I'm escaping from (laughs) preaching on things that are related to COVID. Basically. You know, I did a series on supernatural protection more recently, The Way of Escape. And they were, you know, motivated by the challenge our society has been going through with COVID. And I'm going to escape from that. I want to see us normalize, I want to see us move back uh, toward, you know, just being the church. And so we're talking about vision for the next four Sundays. And then I'll be doing Christmas. So uh, no more about that other stuff for the time being. And basically, the Word tells us that where there is no vision, people perish. God says, my people perish. People that have a covenant with Him perish. When there isn't a vision that they can pursue and plug into and run with according to the Word. And so it's important that we take time each year to do this. I'm trying to avoid calling it stewardship. Uh, I've been getting a lot of persecution lately about stewardship. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's an inside joke. But anyway, uh, so I'm just calling it vision. Our vision campaign, because that is what we do. I want you to know where we're going next year. Uh, And that, of course, bears a relationship to what we've just been through. And so our plans for next year aren't designed to accommodate a downturn in income or any of the forms of captivity COVID has put people in. We are not going to do that. And so I want to share with you the things that I'm excited about for the coming year. And, uh, of course, the... Uh, one of the things that I think is going to be more, a lot more interesting the way I've done it in the past is I'm having each of the site pastors join me uh, one of these four Sundays, or at least the first three. Uh, Brandon and Heidi are here with us today. Lyles, who pastor uh, our Rogers campus in Northwest. You got some fans here. <laughs> no. No. Uh, wonderful young anointed ministers of the gospel and uh, I'm excited that you know I'm going to share this Sunday after they finish they'll do the first half I'll do the second half next Sunday my grandson Jamie from St. Paul will do the first half I'll do the second half the third Sunday my son Jim will do the first half I'll do the second half then the fourth Sunday I'm going to preach on your favorite subject Commitment. Where there there is no commitment, where there is an uncommitted life, there is a failed life. And it's important that we understand this truth and begin with necessary commitments to the Lord. He doesn't make you make a commitment. That's your choice. And, you know, it's an important choice for you to make. So anyway, that's a snapshot of the next four Sundays. At the end of which, I'm believing you'll be excited about 2021. Excited about seeing the hand of God show up in our nation, in our churches. I mean, what a day we live in, folks. I mean, nothing but God can solve the challenges we face right now. So we're going to see His hand at work. And everything from the election to our vision campaign to our end of the year experience launching us into 2021, which I believe is going to be the best year any of us will have uh, in our memory banks. So, you know, I'm excited to be at this point in time. I want you to be as well. Uh, at any rate, you know, I'm taking all Brandon's time. You're going to have to whack 10 minutes off your message. <laughs> I'm just teasing, uh, but would you please, Brandon and Heidi, who pastor our Rogers campus, you know, give them a warm welcome as they come to share the word. Thank you. I love you. Thank you.
1: Too. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I haven't written any books, but I've got enough water up here to hand some water out if anybody needs some water. The green one's, the green one's yours? Okay. It's spilled everywhere, so it's an abundance of water. Hallelujah. Well, we are so excited to be here this morning. Thanks for having us, Pastor Mac, and, and we're excited to be with family as always um, we hope that you're excited to be in church um, today. God has put some things on our heart, and uh, we're, we just want to start by saying thank you. You know, thank you, Pastor Mack and Pastor Lynn, for allowing us to be here and to share from our hearts and I love that we have uh, senior pastors that, that allow us to, to move in the gifts that God has given us, amen, yes. and to speak from the Holy Spirit and what God has planned for this day, for this group of people. Yes. That's an honor and that's a privilege, and I'm grateful for that. Um, and I want to say thank you just to you guys, our family. Um, I'm, I'm thankful, yes, obviously you're so generous in a million ways um, but beyond even just financially helping support what's going on at Northwest, in Rogers, um, your prayer, uh, you, you just, just the, the sheer act of being family to us and talking with us and encouraging us and supporting us. Thank you for doing that. It means so much to us. We see a lot of familiar faces that we've known over the years, and uh, we are just grateful for you. We're grateful we covet your prayers. Um, and then we do want to say, uh, thank you to our Northwest family they 're right now having service um, as we speak, and we love our Northwest family. Um, we are grateful for them and um, and and I say family so much because this isn 't just a job or even just a call this is a purpose it 's a family it 's a relationship and and we i mean we met at living Word. We've, um, we've got four kiddos that we're making it through life with because of the support that we get here at Living Word, amen, and so we're yes. thankful. So thank you very much, and um, I, I do want to say Northwest is growing, it's thriving, and it is full of healthy families. And it is the joy of our life to do what we get to do with you guys out in Rogers um, and working into St. Michael and Albertville and Otsego and Elk River. Heck, let's take it all the way out to, you know, St. Cloud. We'll just, I mean, we are just grateful um, to do this. Amen? So let's jump into the Word. If you have one of these journals... Um, Get it ready. We're going to be using this the entire month. Uh, Pastor Jamie, Pastor Jim, and Pastor Mac will be referencing things out of here. So you can take notes. Um, There's key verses and key takeaways, prayer points. Use it and abuse it. Bring it back next week. If you didn't get one, grab it on your way out. This will be a great resource for you and your family. So this year's vision series, as you heard, is called Heaven on Earth. Oh, and I, I love that. Let's talk about heaven on earth. I don't need to hear about COVID on earth. I don't want to hear, I'm, elections on earth. I don't, I don't, heaven on earth, amen? Heaven on earth. And, and we're going to be talking about heaven in our families. And Jesus gave us such a great example. Um, as many of you know, the story, the history, who Jesus was, happens long before he ever entered the earth. And so when you actually understand where Jesus came from, it's pretty shocking about his family situation. Look at the lineage of Jesus. And he came from a family, from a line, from a lineage of prostitutes and adulterers and murderers and thieves and liars and doubters. Man, you thought your family was bad. This is Jesus Christ. This is where he came from. You can read in Matthew 1, 1 through 17 all about where he, he, was, he was born from. And, and here's a question. How many of you believe Jesus is the son of God? Right? Amen, church? So that makes Joseph his stepfather. Right? Which means that Jesus was born into a blended family. Oh, and all the blended families say Amen. All right, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And you can read further in Matthew 13, 55 through 56, it's implied then that Jesus' brothers and sisters would then be his stepbrothers and stepsisters. So... When we look at who Jesus was and his family situation, this idea of the perfect family, just get it out of your mind and get it out of your heart. Don't take that weight on your shoulders. Because if Jesus was born into an imperfect family, I believe he can show us how to bring heaven into our imperfect families.
2: Oh, I need an amen on that one. Babe, you got something you want to add to that? Uh, Yeah, speaking of um, interesting family dynamics. She always touches uh, my arm when she says that. I don't (laughs) know (laughs) sorry. In the Jewish culture during Jesus' time, girls were engaged around 10 to 12 years old. Mm, And then as soon as they were able to have children, babies, they would get married to typically a 17 to 18-year-old Jewish man, Mm. which means Mary was most likely around 10 to 12 years old when she was engaged to Joseph. Wow, (laughs) think about that. Yeah, and when the angel Gabriel had spoken to her, she was just a child. In Luke one twenty eight. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Grace to you, young woman, for the Lord is with you, and so you are anointed with great favor. The first thing the Lord told Mary was who she was, her identity, that he was with her and she was anointed and favored. Because the Lord is with us, we are anointed and favored. Amen, I believe it. Mary was so scared, of course, and Gabriel said in verse 30, Do not yield to your fear, Mary, for the Lord has found delight in you and has chosen to surprise you with a wonderful gift. Hmm. Now the Lord is telling her how he feels about her, that he delights in her. And she hasn't even had Jesus. She hasn't raised him yet or taken care of him. He delights in her simply because she is his child. Yeah, that's good. And when the Lord looks at us, he not only loves us, mm. but he delights in us. And it's not because of anything that we've done or yeah. will do. It's yeah. simply because we are his children. Yeah. And the Lord loves to surprise his children with good gifts. I believe it. And the angel Gabriel said to her, the gift is that you get to be the mother of Jesus, the son of God. Mm. Now in that culture, being pregnant before marriage was not considered a gift. People could stone her for breaking the Jewish law. And Mary says, how will this happen? And Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. Mm. And your aunt Elizabeth, the one who's struggling with barrenness, She's miraculously six months pregnant, And he says in verse 37, not one promise from God is empty of power, for nothing is impossible with God. Every one of his promises is filled with power to cover any difficult family situation, any struggling family member, any fears that we have concerning our family, Mm. needing wisdom or a miracle. We know that nothing is impossible with him. So this young, very young Mary, how does she respond to the Lord's word to her? In verse 38, then Mary responded saying, this is amazing. (laughs) I will be a mother for the Lord. As his servant, I accept whatever he has for me may everything you have told me come to pass, and the angel left her. This reminds me so much of what childlike faith looks like, right? We do not have to understand it. I'm sure she didn't understand when Gabriel said the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. (laughs) Think of all the questions. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. We don't have to understand it to believe it. She was so happy to just Believe and receive. And she had so many reasons not to. As such a young girl becoming a wife and a mother at the same time, what would Joseph think? She's breaking the Jewish law. She's not ready, prepared, Mm. experienced, qualified. She never expected her family to start like this or look this way, right? right. But how does she respond? She takes her focus on who the Lord is. And what he said. Yeah, and yeah. the Lord knew she was stepping into a new family with a new season mm. and that there would be difficulties. Mm. As we face family challenges and all the situations and the seasons it brings, the Lord reminds us like he reminded Mary I am with you. You are anointed and favored. I delight in you simply because you are my child and you don't have to yield to your fear. Mm. Trust me with your life, with your family. I am faithful to take care of all that will come and look for my gifts along the way that I love to surprise you with, right? Yes. Know and believe that nothing is impossible with me, and he reaches into our hearts, and he writes on our hearts, and he establishes this truth that we carry with us through any season with our family. Yeah. Because the kingdom of heaven starts with the heart. It starts small. Mm -hmm. It starts inside and then extends out. Yeah. Our culture says the opposite but the kingdom of heaven focuses on who the lord is what he thinks what he sees what he says what he feels what he does and we treasure him in our heart like mary did mm. and he transforms our heart and then who he is extends out into all of our situations our, yeah, right. family thank god. others yeah thank
1: god yeah that's so good babe and i just want to i want to say this i feel like i need to say it um sometimes you feel like, oh, okay, so we got this figured out, right? No. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we are, in, we are in the same boat, uh, the same faith journey, you know? Uh, if I was sitting out there, I would be screaming, amen, from the top of my lungs, because, woo, family, yeah. faith journey, yeah. Amen. And so it's okay. We're kind, of, we're kind of blamed for maybe putting our guts out there on the floor, on the stage. And so that's we're just giving it to you where we're at this morning. Amen, church? That sometimes we have to reach into that place and say, what is that kingdom seed on the inside of me? And then, Lord, help it to grow, because we need you to help this to grow inside of our family. Amen? So it's okay to talk back this morning and say, amen. Amen? Amen. 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 Come on now. So... Uh, Here's what I personally believe about Jesus' family and kind of why it was so imperfect. I I just know that God God had in mind the idea that Jesus would be the only thing that could help and heal the family in all of its dysfunctions. There was only one way this thing was going to work out, and Romans 5.17 is evidence of that. I love this scripture. It says, death once held us in its grip and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. You see, for us, we found ourselves finding it so easy to receive grace, right, for healing. We say it all the time. I receive an abundance of grace for my healing, grace for my job, for my finances. Then then why not say that? Why not receive Jesus and that grace for our families? Unmerited, undeserved, and as parents... You know you've done those things and made those decisions and said those things. Maybe you don't deserve that grace, but Jesus has been given precisely for that reason. Think about it. What what, um, parenting book can help you honestly just easily get through parenting a preteen? You got any recommendations? What happens when you have two? Two preteens? No. No, nope. I mean, what, what a marriage seminar makes it easy to just be married so effortlessly? <laughs> Silence, <laughs> exactly. Think about it. And, and, and how about this? Is, is there a Bible verse out there that makes it so easy to be a stepmom? No, no, no. it's not easy. And that's because, honestly, there is no greater faith journey than being in a family here's how I think about it the thorn in the flesh that we read about in the scripture do you know what that is it's family right I press on I I press the press it's family right I mean, I mean, you think about uh, scriptures, uh, you know, that w- that we read and sayings that we hear. Pastor Max says it all the time. If you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, if, what don't you? If you don't quit, family, you win. <laughs> yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, family. Right? It's difficult. We it's a faith. <laughs> I love my family church. I love my family, and like Pastor Jim says, I'm not mad, but it's a faith. Journey. Amen. And if you think it's not, you a liar. It's a faith journey. And you're not alone. Praise God. Heidi's like, move on. Quit airing our dirty laundry. You know, here's a here's a different perspective. You know, from our perspective, it's not just that the enemy's trying to attack the family unit. It's he's trying to attack the individual's identity within that family. The identity as children of God. He's using the individual identity of a child to attack the family identity child is is a family word and until we like Heidi was saying until we accept our identity and embrace our identity as children of the living god we can't expect to have the qualities necessary to thrive in our earthly families amen church first john 3:1 check this out i love this first john chapter 3 verse 1 look with wonder at the depth of the father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us father He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. So how do we focus on our families, right? And how do we take care of our family first and make them a priority? How do we experience a heaven-on-earth family? Here's something a little backwards. If you want to advance in seeing this heaven-on-earth family, then I'm going to ask you to retreat into the Father. It's counterintuitive, right? It's the paradox of when we, when we want to succeed in advance, we retreat into the Father, like it says here in 1 John. You can read in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. He says, We can all draw close to him. With the veil removed from our faces, and with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus to our spouses, to our children, to our families. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this is how I interpret that. Husbands, you do not need to work more, worship more. Oh, I got to provide for my family, to be a good husband. I got to I got to work harder. I got to go higher. I got to exceed. I got to succeed. Worship, retreat, worship more. Wives, don't nurture more, be nourished more. Wow. Oh, you've got to be a nurturer. You've got to spend time doing this. You've got to focus more on those kids. If you want to raise them right in the admonition of the Lord, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Yeah, all the the distance learning. You've got to invest more time and make sure their experience is there. No, 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 no. Be nourished more, child, sister. Be nourished more. And allow the Lord to nurture you and nurture your children. Amen? Here's the way I see it. Healthy families make a healthy church.
2: Do you have anything you want to add to that, babe? Yes. Yeah, there's a story in Acts 16 that is a great example of healthy families making a healthy church. Mm. Paul, along with Luke, Timothy, and Silas, were led by the Holy Spirit to go to Philippi. And in verse 13, when the Sabbath day came, we went outside the gates of the city to the nearby river, for there appeared to be a house of prayer and worship there. Sitting on the riverbank, we struck up a conversation with some of the women who had gathered there. Now, these women were there because Philippi didn't have a synagogue. And at that time, in order to have a synagogue in the city, there had to be a congregation of at least 10 Jewish men. Otherwise, you had to gather outside the city. And the river that they gathered at was at least a mile and a half away. So this shows that these women valued and prioritized gathering together to pray and worship the Lord. They had a hunger and a thirst, a desire to be with him. And going out of their way was worth it to them. In verse 14 and 15, one of them was Lydia, a businesswoman from the city of Thyatira, who was a great dealer of exquisite purple cloth and a Jewish convert. While Paul shared the good news with her, now Lydia worshiped the Lord, but she hadn't heard about Jesus yet. So this is what Paul is sharing. God opened her heart to receive Paul's message. She devoted herself to the Lord, and we baptized her, And her entire family. Afterwards, she urged us to stay in her home, saying, Since I am now a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. So we were persuaded to stay there. The Holy Spirit led Paul to go to Philippi, outside the city, to the river, to meet with Lydia. Isn't it beautiful how the Holy Spirit can be trusted to lead us and guide us and put us in the right place at the right time? And when Lydia went to the river to gather with the other believers, she wanted to know more of who the Lord was, right? She... She wanted, because the Lord pursues our hearts, right? Right. Like he pursued Lydia's heart. He opens up our heart to give us deeper revelations of who he is and his love for us. And this is the reason why she went to that river. She was like Matthew 7, 7. She was asking, seeking, knocking. And the Lord met her there. And the transformation in her heart from that encounter with the Lord led to the transformation of her family. Yeah, that's good. And then she invited Paul and his friends into her home, becoming the first house church in Europe. And it continued to grow and spread so much that they were able to generously support Paul's ministry. And it all started with with her heart, the yeah. transformation in her heart leading to her family, leading to Philippi and spreading through Europe. Yeah, that's good. And Jesus says the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13 is like a tiny seed that when it's planted, it grows into a huge tree with extending branches where birds want to come and make their nests on, yeah. right? And our focus is not on all of the outside details, the branches, birds, nests, solving all the problems, all the concerns, right? Our focus is on our loving Father who grows our hearts within. And then he works out all the details and we get to be a part of it. We get to watch that. And he makes a way where there was no way and it's not always how we expect it to be. But we know that it's going to be good. We know it's going to be better than we imagined because he is a good father who loves his children.
1: So good. So good. That's good. Let's wrap this up in Psalm 133, starting in verse 1. How truly wonderful and delightful to see brothers and sisters, that's family talk, right, living together in sweet unity. It's as precious as the sacred-scented oil flowing from the head of the high priest Aaron, dripping down upon his beard and running all the way down to the hem of his priestly robes. This heavenly harmony... Can be compared to the dew dripping down from the skies upon Mount Hermon, refreshing the mountain slopes of Israel. For from this realm of sweet harmony, God will release his eternal blessing, the promise of life forever. So I believe that not only will we as a family, as individuals, as individual families, but this family, not only will we experience unity like the word says, or harmony, or anointing, like the word says, amen. I believe that we will experience your family, this church family, will experience eternal blessing, and that means that it's blessing for right now, in this moment, for tomorrow, for the next day, not just 2020, but 2021. A blessing on your family, on your kids, on their kids. Come on, don't put a limit to this. If one woman meeting by a river can proliferate the gospel throughout a nation what can your one family do come on church that's you that's you if you take one thing away today let it be this God wants to use this church this church family and he wants to use your family in all of our imperfections to be a conduit for his blessing and can I get an amen church hallelujah thank you
0: thank you so much Hallelujah. Thank you, guys. Heidi, Brandon, thank you so much. And let me just say to anybody watching online, uh, if you happen to live anywhere close to the Rogers campus, you would be well served to go visit and enjoy more of the anointing you just experienced. So basically, to carry this forward, my part in this is to uh, tie the emphasis that God has put on the family. And of course, second only to your relationship with God, he said your most important relationships are those in your family, your husband, wife, and your children. And third only uh, to those other two would be your relationships to the others in the body of Christ that God's put you in company with. And then, of course, the next set of relationships that's addressed after these conditions are met and you have properly stewarded those relationships, we're ready to go into all of the world and affect those that are unbelievers right now in such a way that they become part of the kingdom. That's the plan. And emphasis needs to be given to the relationships God says is important for us as a church I mean, these things kind of get mixed up talking about it. I mean, mixed together. It's hard to segregate, you know, uh, one group of relationships, isolate it, study it, except for study purposes, because typically the church is to enable families to become healthy. Yes, it is true that healthy families make a healthy church, but it's the church, it's Jesus, it's the Lord. When you find your place in the body of Christ that is going to enable you to become a healthy family. And so for 2021, our vision, what can we do to help you, your family, uh, grow in God and find this place of sweet harmony that we just read about? What can we as a church do to enable your family moving into the higher realms of God's blessing? Because that's what our vision uh, is focused on. First of all, is how can we better serve our families and enable you to grow into the blessing of God? And I think the first way that we would have to address uh, that question is in terms of infrastructure. Right now, our children's ministry, because this is where I want to focus. Our children's ministry... I mean, that's the essence of family. Growing up children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord so they can become the next generation of believers that change the world. And so it really does begin with the church helping parents do just that. Raise their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It is a parental responsibility, but we as the church have a responsibility to help the parents do that. Children's ministry has to become a point of discussion. Right now, Maranatha Christian Academy and children's ministry share space. You know, every week, uh, you know, it's broken down on Friday, you know, to prepare for children's ministry. And then those same spaces are reconfigured uh, Sunday evening to get ready for Monday school. It's shared spaces, and both areas of ministry suffer because of that, not having dedicated space that can be creatively developed for a specific purpose. Instead, it's shared space. And so the first objective in Vision 2021 is to repurpose some of the spaces we have in this building without adding any Uh, extra brick and mortar without widening the footprint, repurpose spaces within the building to give children's ministry uh, their own space that can be designed just for them in a way that is going to make them say to mom and dad come the weekend, we're going to church this Sunday, aren't we? You know, I can't tell you what a pull that is. To get people in church. When the kids are so excited that they won't hear about not going, then we're doing something right. And we need to create spaces that are going to draw children into that web of excitement and make them want to come back, drag their parents with them sometimes. But essentially, uh, you know, we accomplish that by dedicating space to that purpose not simply having the utility or the savings of shared spaces. Long term, it's costing us and our effectiveness to serve you as families. So uh, I will describe verbally, first of all, what we're going to do. And then uh, if we've got a little time, I'll show you some slides that will help you visualize it better. But we're going to remove the children's ministry from the east end of the building. Right now... Children's ministry occupies, except for the youth ministry, which is on the west end, all the rest of children's ministry occupies the east end, east of the main lobby. Uh, and of course, the, uh, all of that will be open to Maranatha. So Maranatha, whose growth has been compromised because of lack of space, We have 750 students this year and a waiting list as long as your arm. Well, that will give them a capacity of 1,100 students. By taking children's ministry out of those spaces and being able to create the kind of classroom space Maranatha needs, then uh, we open the door wide to another 300 or 400 students in Maranatha, which is no small thing in this day and time. When public schools have gone the way they've gone, and of course, you know, I think um, our government, yes, amen, I think our government is going to um, very soon be issuing vouchers and uh, we'll see that Christian education is subsidized, as it should be, uh, as a public school would be subsidized. And so those alternatives are important. We need that growth space in capacity. And we need to modernize some of Maranatha's classrooms as well. Well, in the meantime, we take um, the children's ministry to the west end of the building. How do we do that? Uh, We now have on the other side of the chapel in the fellowship hall going west, you know, we have all of our staff offices. We have a fairly large staff, about 300 people, and I'd say maybe 125 of them office in there. You know, the rest are scattered throughout, throughout the facility, but our principal office complex for our employees <coughs> is housed just on the other side of the, uh, of the chapel and the fellowship hall. And so essentially, um, we are going to move them upstairs out of those spaces into space that previously uh, was designed for the wellness center. Uh, The wellness center is going to go back to the original plan of being located in the addition we do on the east end of our building when we do that phase of construction. So we're not pulling out of the wellness business. We're going to relocate them, open up the area above Uh, our existing um, staff offices and put the staff up there. And that will give a huge amount of space over to children's ministry. Now what you have then coming in the west end of the building, if families were to park on the west end of the building, they can walk in, uh, deposit their uh, youth, if they have youth-age children, move on down to... First through fifth grades, deposit them, uh, move on down to uh, nursery age and and preschool age, deposit them, stop by the atrium for a cup of coffee and then into the sanctuary. How cool is that? And you're not going to have to deal with any lines either because we have a new app that I may have time to show you a picture of uh, that will enable you to do all of your check-in before you ever leave the house. So lines for for turning in kids will become a thing of the past. Uh, The the purposes, again, of this move is to give these areas of ministry dedicated space. Let me give you a uh, diagram of the overall building first. Those are the weirdest-looking tennis shoes. These are my wife's idea, by the way. I don't know if you like them or not, but... I don't know. I miss my boots. Anyway, this is um, a bird's-eye view of the main sanctuary to get you oriented. Uh, You see the main sanctuary annotated there. And then uh, just to the uh, east of that is the main lobby. On the other side of that are all the Maranatha spaces. That little blue uh, almost triangle, or rather rectangle, uh, on the bottom side of the east end is the addition we're proposing for a second gymnasium, a fitness center. Um, and, uh, but that's not for the discussion at the moment. The new children's spaces, you see just to the west of the chapel. Fellowship Hall is on the other side of the chapel there. Um, and those are the children's spaces that we'll be installing, and they'll all be down in the same location. They'll be done with fronts that are often glass. Uh, It's going to be cool looking, uh, something that should be exciting visually, uh, and that would include the kids being excited as well. Uh, But let's uh, take a look first at uh, grades one through five. You see on the left uh, the existing junior and senior high spaces. On the right, is what used to be the old junior high space, which hasn't been used in a long time. And it's appropriate at this point in time to put them all in the left side uh, with necessary partitioning to keep uh, ages that are too wide for real interaction separate, separate. So junior high and senior high will still have separate identities, but in the same space. And this, uh, this area that used to be junior high ministry outlined in red will become the new children's ministry grades 1 through 5 with a new stage, new worship space, uh, new check-in area, breakout rooms, the whole ball of wax. Let's take a look at the next slide. This is, the, it is a rendering, an artist rendering of what we will be building for the kids' stage and, and uh, worship area. Uh, you'll see another shot of that here in a minute, but to give you a, a feel for the size that it is. And, uh, and then, of course, the next slide shows uh, the check-in areas and breakout areas, this being one of those slides. Uh, the next slide is another uh, breakout area with fun things, pool table, uh, et cetera. And then the next slide gives you an indicator of what the stage area looks like with seats in it. Uh, And now we'll move on to the nursery uh, or church office relocation before I get to the nursery. This is just a snapshot of the fact that we can put 125 office workers uh, in the space that used to be the wellness center with uh, really minimal remodeling Uh, The existing intern development room will remain the same. Uh, This is just that area directly above the existing office spaces, and it'll work fine. And, uh, you know, we already have the elevator in and stairs, and everything's there, so it's just putting up some walls. Let's go downstairs now. So this opens up. Uh, the old office area, this is right next to the, uh, the high school, you know, the senior or the youth ministry that we just saw in the larger diagram. And uh, this will be the kids' ministry birth to five years old. Uh, a really nice check-in area, but check-in can be done before you even get there. So lines should be a thing of the past. Uh, a large group uh, area for, you know, gathering together and then many classrooms and nursery spaces uh, to more than address current need and provide a great deal of opportunity for growth. Now, as far as the next slide, this, this is just, uh, again, an artist rendering of what we plan uh, for general decor and design. And uh, this is the uh, where you bring them in, check in, you know, I guess it's a good word for it, or break out. Uh, area for other purposes and general meeting area. Now we'll go to the Maranatha side of the coin. Uh, that means all of the spaces that used to be the nursery east of the main lobby uh, that you see, you know, in red, for instance, are going to be redesigned to provide additional classroom and su- support space. And then upstairs, you'll see a similar. Uh, transformation. Um, upstairs, above those areas, uh, the children's ministry will be vacated. So we'll have a, a areas for special projects and group work and classroom additions. Uh, and they'll all be done up really nicely, as you'll see in the next slide. Um, you know, they'll be furnished in a way that is consistent with. You know, what uh, has eye appeal in today's culture and and for young people in particular. Such cool things, and I don't know why anybody would think it's cool, but we got a separating class spaces. we got a garage door with glass in it. So, you know, whatever, whatever it takes. But, uh, you know, it does look neat. It's new. It's different. Maybe it's uh, more consistent with what people call cool today or... The right thing, but this is a big part of what we'll be doing, is to furnish and and prepare the spaces in that way. Now, of course, then we have, as we go to the next slide, we have a rendering of our often talked about East End expansion. This has been part of our vision for a couple of years now, and and we're going to get it done. Uh, This is the second gymnasium. Uh, On the east end, you can see the existing gym up to the right-hand corner. Um, And on this floor, attended by some really well-equipped locker rooms, a nice lobby area and concession area. And then if you go upstairs uh, in this part of the development, you'll find that we put the fitness center up there. Uh, It's really a comprehensively equipped, uh, nice fitness center. Private training or trainers will be pro- provided or available. We'll have uh, floor space for cardio, uh, aerobics, whatever you want, uh, that kind of thing. And it's my goal to put an indoor running track around both gymnasiums. As you can see, they're adjacent to one another where you can even run during the wintertime in Minnesota. Um, <clears throat> get a snapshot of the uh, inside of the gymnasium there. It'll seat 1,500 uh, people in the bleacher system. And that's the way the, uh, the uh, fitness center will look. Uh, it will be primarily for members of the church. You don't know, any longer need a, a membership at a, at a fitness center somewhere. Um, you got it if you're a member of this church. Amen. So... And then from the outside, all of this looks that way, the addition on the east end. Um, so it's important, I think, that we, uh, we conceptualize this in stages because the immediate, most immediate thing we need to attend to is the remodeling project that gets the children's ministry into the west end of the building. That is a $3.5 million project uh, price tag on that, and of course, blew me away. I mean, a little remodeling, we're we just doing a little remodeling, but no, you know, uh, it's $3.5 million. It's pretty extensive, what we want to do. The uh, East End edition is $6 million. so to do both, uh, which we want to do, is $9.5 million. but wait a minute, I'm not through, because we want to do the ball fields on the West End which has been another carry-forward part of our vision for several years. And I believe the days for carry-forward are coming to an end and we will be able to accomplish these things. But that's $4.4 million for a really beautiful ball complex uh, outdoor stadium on the west end of the building. So those three things comprise what we want to do to better minister to our families, to have things that make children want to show up at church and be a part, and we'll roll the old man out of bed and make him get dressed and, and carry him off. <laughs> I can talk that way because, you know, I was once that way. As a matter of fact, there's an old joke that goes, this guy was sleeping in one morning, and... Uh, his mom comes in and says, you gotta, you got to get up. you got to go to church today. And he says, no, I'm not going today. I'm going to sleep in today. And she says, you've got to go to church. You're the pastor. <laughs> but at any rate, um, these are things that, that uh, I really want you to internalize and be able to get excited about it because I see the hand of God I believe we're going to see things in the next months, maybe year, that uh, we've never seen before. Because it's only the Lord that can put our nation back in the condition it needs to be in. It's only the Lord that can make the changes that need to be made. And we're here. We get to see it. We get to be a part of it. Uh, Let me put up a picture of that app that we're getting just those tennis shoes drive me nuts. I'm going to have to <laughs> reclaim my boots. But uh, we have developed an app that will be uh, available to you that will do all of the following things. Uh, you can, it'll do anything related to the church. You can find a group, any kind of small group, any kind of um, you know, place that you want to be meeting. You, you can find out all about it, you, the event registration uh, can take place here. Kids, check in. You can do it home before you come to church and uh, forget the lines. A lot of ways to give on an easy basis. A lot more to come. So uh, is there another slide that goes with this? I don't think so. That's it. But I want you to know about the app too. That's happening out of our, our general fund even as I speak. But, and we'll be doing a lot of things as a part of our operating budget But these are the high points. These are the things that require over and above giving to accomplish. And yes, God's big enough to do it. We look at that, we say three and a half million, nine and a half million, 14 million. Well, all of that is just a drop in the Holy Ghost bucket. It's nothing for the Lord. And I believe we're in the day when we're going to see these kinds of miracles occur. And we're going to see these kinds of breakthroughs happen. So be excited.